0: At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. Because that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. From fresh berries to fresh tomatoes, we know the farm is where it all grows. From their farms to your forks, working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
4: And, wo- and welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our fine and growing family of broadcast affiliates. For more information on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit net. You know, in the last little while, we've been talking a lot about... Well, um, oh, let me see. Everything from pollution, to the greenhouse effect, to is there really any reason for alarm? Something that I, uh, I'm finding very strange is even within the scientific community, there are two d- distinct, separate trains of thought. Yes, it's real. No, it's not. Climate control. What is the story behind the story? Well, my guest to this hour is Steve Malloy, and um, we're going to ask Steve what Is scare pollution about? Now, scare pollution reveals the shockingly fraudulent science behind EPA's flagship regulatory program, which has been used to destroy the coal industry, justify global warming issues and rules, and assert EPA's (laughs) control over our fossil fuel dependent economy. Steve's uh, expose tells the story of how he uncovered the fraud via his investigative journalism, original scientific research, and revealing interactions with EPA, Congress, federal courts, and uh, green activists. What is scare pollution's main theme? EPA's economy destroying rules depend on the false claim that particular matter, for example, suit from uh, smokestacks and tailpipes, is so toxic it kills 570,000 570, Americans per year. Wow i had to take a double take <laughs> on that one steve
1: yeah um, absolutely <laughs> hey steve yeah epa yeah epa says that uh soot they call it particulate matter yeah. kills one and is responsible for one in four american deaths
4: well first of all steve welcome to the exome thank you so much for joining us
1: and uh Thanks, Bob. Thanks
4: tell us how you got involved in this
1: oh that's a long story <laughs> it goes back about 25 years and uh I guess I can point the finger at Saddam Hussein. You know, when he uh, used to be a securities lawyer, and when he invaded um, Iraq in 1990, the stock market uh, fell apart, and so did my uh, employment in the securities industry. And I wound up being hired by a guy who did uh, lobbying in D.C., and he hired me because I was a lawyer. I also have a background in in science and statistics. And uh, he hired me to work on the up-and-coming issue of environmental risk assessment. And one of the first, well, all my first uh, projects involved the EPA. And, uh, you know, I began not knowing anything about any environmental issue at all. And uh, so, you know, I would go around asking people, well, you know, EPA makes all these assertions about, you know, uh, various chemicals and pollutants and radiation doing doing this and that. How do they know that? And uh, so... (laughs) I would be told, and I, just, I wouldn't believe it. So I had to uh-huh. do my own research, and pretty soon, you know, you find out that, well, they really don't know what they're talking about. They're just making it up.
4: Is it just the EPA that's making it up, or are there other countries around the oh, world no. that are in cahoots oh, no. with the EPA?
1: <laughs> oh, no. It's much worse than that. Um, you know, I, I call this junk science. Mm -hmm. Bad science that is used to advance an agenda. Right. And we are, I mean, this comes at us from so many different directions. I mean, not only regulatory agencies and politicians, but, you know, the food nannies, the behavior police, uh, from trial lawyers, from businesses trying to sell, you know, a lousy product. I mean, there's just a lot of people assaulting us with bad science all the time. My particular... You know, focus over the, most, over the past 25 years has mostly been environmental issues, but uh, we see this in, in food is a great example. You know, um, what people pass off as nutrition science, for example, it's just appalling.
4: You and I have to take our first break. When we come back, let's talk more. I've got a very funny feeling that this is going to be one of those shows that I end up scratching my head, and at the end of the night when I go home and see my wife, she says, so honey... How did it go today? And this is one day I'm going to say, you're not going to believe what I heard. Exxonation, our guest is Steve Malloy. He, um, he's going to be talking more to us about the EPA and obviously other issues that we need to know about. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
0: If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, sacred international journeys a meditative cd and her book shamanic awakening to encourage you as you navigate your earth walk and create a deeper connection to yourself find this and more at her website starwalkervisions.com
4: Exonation. Our guest this hour is Steve Malloy he is a recognized leader in the fight against junk science with more than 25 years of accomplished and experience accomplishments and experience I should say credited with popularization and the term junk science. Steve is the founder and publisher of junkscience.com and from 2000 to 2009 wrote the popular junk science column for Fox. News.com. He is an expert on energy, environmental, and public issues, a public affairs consultant, author, TV radio commentator, and public speaker. Uh, Can I ask you a question, Steve? Yes, sir. How come you're not in the White House?
1: (laughs) Well, maybe I will be. You never know.
4: All right. You heard it 1st year on the X one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Steve. I had a a scientist on earlier this week. I'm sorry. Yeah, yesterday who was telling me that there is unequivocal proof in the, within the scientific community that climate change, greenhouse gas, mm-hmm. and, and everything is nothing but a bunch of bunk. Then last week, I had another scientist who had more alphabets under behind his name than a can of Lipton's uh, alphabet soup. And he says, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Climate change is real. Yeah. Who does the public believe?
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, I would say in the United States that the climate skeptics are ahead right now, mainly because of the results of recent elections, including last November's, where we now have the President of the United States is an outspoken climate skeptic. So I mean, to the extent that, you know, a, poll, a meaningful poll has been taken, <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> to you that climate skeptics have pulled out ahead.
4: Mind you, you've got the... First, uh, first president within the last six presidents who are going into a uh, you know, addressing a joint uh, session of Congress with the mm-hmm. lowest
1: popularity rating ever. Well, yeah, you know, they, <laughs> and Hillary was going to win in a landslide. Yeah. You know, I would be careful about <laughs> believing what the fake news media or the very fake news media says. <laughs> so, so, this is true with science. Also, you know, people only think that uh, there's fake news in in, uh, just political news, but there's lots of fake news, and there's a lot of fake news in science, and that's what I've been spending my time doing.
4: So what is the real story, Steve, based on the investigative journalism, uh, journalistic approach that you take to things when it comes to climate control? What have you found?
1: Well, okay, so my, my book deals mostly with air pollution, but I, ha- I you know, I am one of the um, primordial climate skeptics. Mm-hmm. I've been a climate skeptic since the beginning, about 20 years now. And it always just, uh, how, you know, it, it always was amazing to me how mm-hmm. people presume to uh, know the future. You know, in science, knowledge is only what you can predict and then verify. Uh, but you know, when it comes to climate, you know, people make all sorts of predictions. I mean, they they can tell you what's going to happen in 2100. Of course, none of us are going to be alive to see whether that's true or not. And But I've got, you know, I have to become a communist now so that I can prevent, you know, a storm in the year 2100. It's just nuts. All right. Um, now,
4: now why I, why I asked you about climate change is I was under yeah. the assumption that pollution yeah. has a lot to do with climate change.
1: Well, yeah, look, The climate has has always been changing, although, you know, very, very slowly Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, gradually and not really all that noticeable. And I don't know, I mean, yes, climate is changing as we speak, but very slowly and gradually. And I don't know that anyone can really tell me that climate has changed all that much. I mean, winter is basically still cold, summer is still, you know, warm. Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. Listen,
4: I I live in (laughs) Hamilton, Ontario, right in between Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. Usually, we have at least five feet of snow still on the ground on yeah. this date, February the 28th. Yeah. Okay? There's not
1: yeah. an ounce of snow anywhere. Okay. Well, you know, you said the key word, usually, but not always. Like, it seems, yeah. that
4: it seems as we've been going on for the last five years, it's been getting warmer, less snow, warmer, yeah. less well, snow, warmer, less snow. So how do we attribute this to...
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't have an explanation. There is no explanation. No one has an explanation. Sure, there are people that want to say, yeah. oh, it's man-made greenhouse gases. Therefore, we must, you know, do solar and and wind. That's the solution, and that will change everything, or whatever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they know yeah. all these things, and I don't know how they how they know that you know today's or you know there's. Let's say there's you know 402 parts per million carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. How they know that that's the perfect amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, or, and you know that more is not better, or what, what? I don't know how they know all these things. They must be really smart.
4: It's either that, or we're pretty gullible.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of the two, and, and I think I know which one. You know, um, in the United <laughs> States, the the uh, the um, this is the warmest February in the past. 30 years by a lot right but then a friend of mine his meteorologist said well you know february 1954 was a you know a degree and a half fahrenheit warmer than this month well that's you know about 70 80 parts per million co2 ago and a lot of methane so if if you know the greenhouse gases are causing a warming well why was 1954 so warm I don't
4: know. There were more cows uh, expressing <laughs> their, their methane gas more. I, I don't know.
1: but, but it's Yeah, really, no, it's, there are no answers to it. Yeah. It's just hysteria.
4: Is it hysteria, or is, or is there a reason why we're not being given the real answer?
1: Well, you're right. What the, the people who, uh, I think, don't want us to have the real answer, I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of agendas at work. Sure. You know, this is, after all, junk science. So there, are, you know, there is a political agenda at work, there is an economic agenda at work, and they both work to create hysteria uh, among the public. But, you know, and it, I think it, it, it was catching on. I mean, uh, the hysteria in the mid-2000s, it, 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 it gained traction. I mean, it, uh, it resulted in an important Supreme Court decision that uh you know allowed the EPA to regulate carbon dioxide as a pollutant which is kind of crazy when you think about I mean carbon dioxide is necessary for life how can it be a pollutant um, so but that was kind of the peak of the hysteria and ever since 2009 when you know climate gate occurred and and we found out what these climate scientists were really all about
4: right mm. uh
1: and we have also you know the global warming pause which is you know still going on uh um, he, despite all the extra greenhouse gas in the atmosphere, you got to to ask well you know why are they doing this um, so you, you got and for me you've got to look at the agendas so I think that's the most important thing you've got to look at their the political agenda's extremely strong, and then you have the guys that want to make money off it.
4: Everybody wants to make money off it
1: Well, I just assume it goes away. <laughs>
4: Me too. Me too. But, but here's, here's the question. How is it going to go away? How are we going to be able to get rid of the pollution if the Earth is surrounded by our little atmosphere and nothing can expel itself into space? So what happens to the pollution? Well, I
1: don't, we, don't, you know, we don't know that um, carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases are really trapping all that much heat that the Earth can't handle and mm-hmm. that we won't actually like it better. We just, we just don't know. That's all very uncertain. Um, you know, it, it, the Northern Hemisphere has been warming since at least 1650, which was, you know, the depths of the Little Ice Age. Uh, overall, the Earth, you know, we think the Earth, um, if you look at the geological record, we think the Earth has been cooling for about two million years. You know, who knows what's going on? Yeah. Who knows? I
4: understand that you uncovered... A lot, uh, EPA's Illegal Human Experiments. Yeah. Now, now, tell yeah. us about this. You know, experimenting <laughs> against humans with, by the EPA?
1: Yeah, EPA. Um, well, first, of all, it's, you know, it's important to go back to that number, 570,000. So yeah. the EPA says that outdoor air kills one, uh, one foreign American deaths are due to outdoor air. 570,000 Americans a year die because of air, outdoor air. And uh, I always thought that was just total nonsense. And it uh, turns out EPA did, too, because EPA only was able to make that claim based on some very controversial statistical studies, the data for which they hid. Mm-hmm. They've been hiding for 20 years. No one can verify it. But nonetheless, so in, a, in an effort to validate their statistics, they have been conducting experiments on humans. And so at the University of North Carolina, they have an actual a gas chamber, um, and into this gas chamber, you know, they, outside the building, they idle a diesel truck and they pipe the exhaust into the gas chamber where they stick their human guinea pigs. And these guinea pigs are can be senior citizens up to 80 years old. They can be people that have diabe- uh, diabetes, people with heart disease, obese people, uh, asthmatics. <laughs> and EPA is trying to cause... Something to happen in these people, where they expose them to very high levels of diesel exhaust and other pollutants, um, I found experiments where D- where EPA was exposing college students to chlorine gas, you know like it was World War I or something like that it's, it's starting it's to sound
4: like the atrocities yeah. of, of the two world wars yes,
1: and then the- uh, possibly the most outrageous of all at the University of Southern California and University of california los angeles ucla EPA wa- EPA-funded researchers were spraying diesel exhaust up the noses of ten-year-old children. So I uncovered all of this, and the story is in my book. And you know, I got Congress involved, and in the EPA Inspector General, and the National Academy of Sciences, and and um, you know, <laughs> but you'd be surprised at how much political protection the EPA has been under.
4: Uh, i'm having a bit of a hard time i'm having a bit of a hard time digesting all of this
1: yeah yeah no no it's hard to believe it's it's extremely hard to believe how you you have to you have to read about it (laughs) yeah
4: well hey listen i'm going to get a copy of your book and i'm going to make sure everybody i know gets a copy of your book but how come through the mainstream media this story hasn't broke far and wide
1: well i mean it you know it has bubbled up from time to time um it has, you know, uh, well, first off, we have the fake news media and they don't, you know, <laughs> if, if, if uh, you're reporting something that's embarrassing about, uh, you know, EPA, forget mm-hmm. it. That's just, it's not going to happen. Um, so it has popped up in, you know, alternative It was on, you know, Drudge Report. I've been yeah. on TV about it. Um, but, you know, EPA has been pretty successful at, at squashing it so far. But, you know, there's a new sheriff in town now. So I think those days are over. Does uh, does President Trump
4: have a copy of your book, and and does he know what the EPA has been doing to the citizens of the United well, States? Well,
1: I can I can tell you that I was on the uh, Trump transition team for EPA, so mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> do, I do have kind of a pipeline into uh, so people are are people do know are learning, and um, I, you know I expect appropriate action to be taken.
4: I would hope so. I would truly hope so. Because if the EPA is doing what we have been hearing you tell us about the experimentation yeah. with humans, someone has to be held accountable. And yeah. and who was the president who allowed this to happen?
1: Well, this started happening under Bill Clinton, then it happened through the George Bush administration, and then into the Barack Obama administration. And the uh, EPA still wants to do it. Um, and and, and it just they can do this because the EPA is the most powerful federal agency in the U.S. government, much more so than the IRS or anything else. And wow. it is extraordinary. Uh, EPA lords over every other federal agency.
4: Steve, stand by you when I have to take a break. explanation. my guest this hour is Steve Malloy. He is the author of Scare Pollution, Why and How to Fix the EPA. He is also the founder of JunkScience.com. This is uh, this is truly shocking, and we're going to find out on the other side of this break how you can get a copy of this book, and uh, we'll have to do something about it. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Steve Malloy is my guest, and we'll both be back on the other side as we continue here in the Exxon. Unless the EPA finds a way to cross the borders and snuffle me between now and then, don't go <laughs> away. Right Now, Exxon Nation, you've been listening to me for 26 years. God bless each and every one of you. How you do it, I don't know. Um, Steve and I were talking off air, as, as we do during the commercial breaks, and, you know, I, I, it, it really annoys me because I am a dad and I am a granddad that a government agency of the United States would actually put diesel fuel, a uh, fumes, up the nose of a ten-year-old, and and you know, Steve, you brought up the point. Well, it's all because of particulates, right? That yes, you know, the the I, I guess the uh, the jury is out as to whether it is harmful or not.
1: No, <laughs> it's not. No, it's harmful. No, I I, exau- I exhaustively prove that it is not harmful in my book. It's not the whole point. The whole point of my human experiment story is that EPA says that these particles are the most toxic substance on the planet. Mm -hmm. If that was true, let's just assume for the sake of argument that it is true, then why in God's name, how in God's name, can they expose 10-year-old children, 80-year-old people? I mean, these are the people that EPA says are most vulnerable to particulate pollution. How can they expose them to exceedingly high concentrations in a laboratory? That's criminal. It is. If... Pf two point five is as dangerous as EPA says. So it's just flat out. It's like the Tuskegee experiments.
4: Well, all right. So let's let's use history as as our benchmark. History to me is the greatest uh, evidence that you can ever find to any argument, pro or con. So what are we saying here? That it's not harmful because the EPA did this in a controlled environment? in a laboratory that they put the fumes of a diesel truck up the nose of a child and that it's not dangerous. Did we have any, any medical reports to, to go along with EP findings or are we just taking the EPA at uh, point blank? Zero proof. Away you go. You say it's, you say it's not harmful. It's not harmful. What do we do here?
1: Well, <laughs> well, I, I don't know exactly uh <laughs> What answer are you looking for? I mean, you know, I want the uh, truth, this, damn it, and I want can handle well, the truth. Well, no, EPA knows. Look, huh. uh, the, the reality is that these experiments are harmless, and you have to look. But you have to look at why did EPA do these experiments in the first place? Remember, earlier we talked about how their claims about particulate matter killing people are all based on statistics. Mm-hmm. No, statistics are not science. So they needed to find some biological or medical evidence to support their statistics. So well, how do you do that? Well, they tried poisoning animals with particulate matter. It didn't work. Oh, you that's really humane. Yeah.
4: yeah, I'm sure the American Humane Society would love to know that. Let's yeah. go on. You
1: can't, oh, I've got some great pictures. You can't, <laughs> oh, you, can't kill, you can't kill laboratory mice with particulate matter. You just can't. You know, you, I mean, even if they smoke, you can't kill them. Um, so what they did was, well, we'll we'll experiment with people. So just and you got to stop right there because what does that mean? We're going to experiment with people to prove our prove our statistics statistical claim that people die from this. So are we trying to kill people? I mean that's the mindset. They're trying to hurt people to bolster their you know, uh, for lack of a better word, crappy statistics. <laughs> it's outrageous. I mean, this is a government that is completely out of control.
4: But is it going to be any different with the new administration than it was with the past two administrations or three administrations? Yes,
1: yes, because President Trump, who has been the only Republican I have ever heard say this all the time, it was a campaign put to roll in the EPA, rein in the EPA, roll back the EPA, yeah. the overreach. You know, I've been working on EPA issues for 25 years. I've seen nothing but regulatory overreach. You know, it's, it's not 1970 anymore yeah. when the air wasn't as clean as it should be, and sometimes the rivers caught on fire. Okay? Those are acknowledged problems. But that was all cleaned up with, in about 20 years. Since then, since about the early 1990s, this has all just been regulatory overreach and overkill. And it, you know, it hit its uh, peak during the Obama administration when Barack Obama used this particulate matter science, you know, quote-unquote science, to destroy the coal industry in the United States, to pass his, he used it as justification for his global warming rules. You know, the claimed benefits for his global warming rules, they don't come from reductions in greenhouse gases. They actually come from reductions in emissions of particulate matter from coal plants because EPA says these emissions are killing people. So, I mean, this is a very, you know, and this is EPA-created science. It's fraudulent science, and it needs to be exposed, and it has been exposed, and, uh, you know, the, the new administration, I think, is going to put an end to it once it gets, you know, uh, into the swing of things.
4: Listen, I, I must tell you something, that, that I, I think President Trump is the right man for that job because i look at a country as a business and he is a businessman you know politicians are one thing but in my yeah. opinion we need a businessman at the helm to yeah. make our country stronger and i'm talking about canada yeah. because we've got we've got a, a poet as a prime yeah. minister you know his degree is in poetry
1: yes I <laughs> He must be very proud
4: oh whoopee do <laughs> i call them numb nuts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and, and yeah. You know, just before we get off the sure. of particulate matter, Rob, I've got to say that you know some of these re, some of these human experiments are going on in Canada. Uh, they're not necessarily EPA funded, but they are going on in Canada.
4: Oh come on, let's look back. Just so you know, the, it's hey, true. Hey, listen, <laughs>
1: it's true. <laughs> that, that is
4: nothing new. That is nothing new. Let's look at the experiments okay. that were done at the Ellen Memorial Hospital by the CIA yeah. using LSD and sleep deprivation. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and what really pisses me off about that experiment, my mother, God bless her, was one of the subjects.
1: Oh. oh. And this but is what, know. I, I know yeah. that for a
4: fact. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're right, I'm not proud of my prime minister. Like, you know, I, I just hope to hell that there's a vote of non-confidence, and there's a gentleman by the name of O'Leary who is running, who is a lot like Donald Trump. And I hope to God, Canadians use their brains, which happens if it's if they're not watching hockey or having a Tim Hortons coffee.
1: <laughs> if they
4: use their brains and see that we need a business person in Canada to take us into the future because Canada... Is a business. The United States of yeah. America is a business, you know. And I hear, I hear Donald Trump wanting to bring jobs back to the United States to charge taxes. Shocking. And, and, and you know, I'm saying, my God, shocking, <laughs> shocking, but but very yeah. refreshing. Yeah, refreshing, of course. You know, my for wife sure. and I did uh, did uh, some research for a TV show a couple of weeks ago down in the uh, down in the Caribbean. And I'm amazed by the by the by the divide between those who um, support President Trump and those who just hate him. There's there's no middle ground. It's either you love him or hate him.
1: Yeah, it's it's very civil war like in America at this point. But it's just it's a it's a very sharp divide.
4: But what can listeners do? When it comes to uh,
1: well, okay, so I think that the you know I appreciate that Trump is a businessman and yeah. and these you know, economies need to be run like businesses. No question about that. As right. far as the governments do too, we need to make do things that make sense. But I think one of the, one of Donald Trump's real values is that is his his con, his idea of, uh, that political correctness prevents you from from saying from saying things and Isn't doing the right thing. Isn't
4: that the truth?
1: Isn't yes, and I truth? mean, so people like me mm-hmm. who question this mainstream junk science, you know, we, they've been trying to shut us down for decades now, uh, making us politically incorrect. You know, they call all sorts of names. They call us deniers, you know, liking, likening us to Holocaust deniers. Um, you know, they've, they've uh, suggested that we should be tried at like a Nuremberg tribunal. Uh, I mean, Bernie Sanders wanted to jail. Um, climate skeptics. I mean, it's, oh my <laughs> it's god! Really so Donald Trump, though, he's changing the culture. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's hard, but he is he is doing his best to you know get rid of political correctness.
4: And you know what? So we can talk you know
1: about these things,
4: and you should be able to talk about these things yeah, because I, I I always believed that Americans had the freedom of speech. Isn't that well, part of your constitution? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems that yeah, it's, well, it seems that if anybody talks about the right to bear arms, all Americans get pissed off. Yeah, but there are certain parts of the truth that you try and talk, and, and you know, people try to to suppress you.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and and you know, the the, the fake news media, you know, if you criticize them, then mm-hmm. you're you know against the First Amendment. I mean, it really completely twisted the culture and. <laughs> And the meaning of free speech is just everything. And, but, but Trump is the iconoclast that's going to take them down. And, and I think it's just, he's an amazing phenomenon to watch. You don't even have to agree with him. I mean, what he's done to political correctness so far has just been incredible. And hopefully by the time he's done, there's nothing left of it. And we can go back to, you know, look, we don't have to agree, but sure. let's at least be able to listen to each other's points of view, right?
4: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that this is something that is that is missing is the ability to have a conversation and disagree to agree, but to come to a uh, to a conclusion and to a solution. It can happen. And why yeah. is some compromise
1: to, or something? Ex- right?
4: Exactly. Just like uh, President Trump is doing now on the immigration situation. He's, he's putting forward yeah. a compromise. And of course, he's, right. Of course he, they're going to nail him to the wall because now they're going to say he's backing up and he's chickening, no, 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 He's a smart businessman. I love the guy. Yeah. Well, I, I, exactly I, right. I love him as a president, no other way. Because yeah. I don't want to get I mean, into, If
1: you want it, to cut a deal, you can't yeah. start out on the other guy's uh, side.
4: Exactly. Plus I, plus, I don't want to get into the transgender uh, discussion at this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough problems. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah no it's yeah. just it's it's been a crazy time
4: you know it has been and and as an American as a member of the media as somebody who's been watching the e p a for all these years, do you see uh the the light at the end of the tunnel, and I hope your tunnel doesn't have a train coming forwards
1: <laughs> well, I tell you when uh when i as I was watching the election returns yeah. come in early on November eighth you know I was just watching my life. My professional life passed mm-hmm. before my eyes. I thought, Oh my God, Hillary's gonna be president. That was gonna be the end of me. We're never—it's gonna be the end of the country. We're just never gonna, you know, have a uh, be able to talk about anything again. But then, of course, six hours later, uh, Trump was on his way to winning. So everything turned around, and um, you know, my transition team experience became a lot more positive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, look, I you know now there is an opportunity. This is a moment in time to fix a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much will get fixed? Well, I don't know. We're just going to have to see. Everyone's going to have to work hard. But you can see what the opposition is like in the United States, right? I mean, the second, the day after the guy was inaugurated, I mean, Washington, D.C. was a, was a zoo filled with all these left-wing protesters. Like, you know, enough is enough. You know,
4: and then, then you've got CNN. I mean, the Clinton uh, News Network that's out there that oh, is doing anything it can to badmouth the president. And I believe in the freedom of the press. Being a member of the meeting myself, I appreciate that. However, I find the media today has lost its respect not only for the public, but also for those in you know in Washington who have won their seats and deserve respect. Yes, report on it, but you don't have to down-talk all the time. We'll be mm-hmm. back on the other side of this break as we continue. Here in the X Zone from our broadcast center, in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, and you're listening to The X-Zone. www.xzbn.net is our um, website. It's uh, going to be another good 12 minutes, so whatever you do, don't hang up. Don't change your channel, because we know who you are, and we have a of fixing you.
2: dot
4: net Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or wi-fi, you can still listen to the X-Own radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Guilda Wiaka, X-1 Dimension X?
2: dot com.
3: Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers provides free MP3 players for these men and women, with a list of three million songs in sixteen different styles, hundred thousand audiobooks, and.
4: Welcome back. Steve Molloy is our special guest, and uh, Steve is the author of Scare Pollution, Why and How to Fix the EPA. He is also the founder of JunkScience.com. Steve, where can people find your book?
1: Uh, you can get it at Amazon.com. If you buy it at JunkScience.com, I will sign it for you.
4: There you go. But you That's, can't
1: get it from Amazon.com.
4: That, that is true. Um <laughs> So what 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 do people do? Do they write their congressman? Do they write their senator? Do they write a letter to uh, the president? Uh, what should John Q. Public do?
1: Well, in the United States, they've kind of already done the right thing. <laughs> they voted for Trump. Now it's time to deliver mm-hmm. uh, on, on what they voted for in Canada. Well, you guys got your own battle, right? <laughs>
4: Oh yeah. Hey, listen, do you, would you like a would you like a a prime minister who knows poetry? Come on. I'll, I'll send him down.
1: And he's a boxer too, right?
4: Yeah, right. I'd like to see the box he could get himself out of.
1: <laughs> you
4: know, unfortunately, unfortunately, um there there's a parallel here in Canada as there was in the United States where you had George Bush senior and then George Bush Jr. And here yeah. in Canada we had Pierre Elliott Trudeau who is Justin Trudeau's dad, who was Prime Minister. yeah.
1: yeah. So,
4: so there's a lot I of... I, I guess that we have to follow whatever you guys do one way or another.
1: Well, let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope you don't have to go through an Obama. I, uh, uh, well, hopefully Trump will be a success, and you guys will see, oh, you don't need to be politically corrected. Maybe we should get someone like they have.
4: Well, you see, our Prime Minister is saying, if the United States do not want you, we will take you. And I'm saying, build the damn wall, quick. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I, you know, I don't even really understand why we're separate countries to start
4: with, but whatever. Neither, neither do I, since <laughs> since our air defense is taken care of by, by NORAD, which is, you know, the United right. States, and I think we might have a corporal or a lieutenant there hmm. just to make it look good. <laughs> and, and I also think that we are the safety zone between Russia and the United States, because if there's a the nuclear that. conflict, hey... Let's 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 you know, shoot each other down on top of Canada, and if anything goes wrong, we'll just blame Canada like they did in South Park.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know, um, well, I, I, I'm hoping for the best here, and maybe the rest of the world will go, oh yeah, it's it's not over. We don't have to just do what progressives want us to do.
4: That would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That really would be nice. What's next for you, Steve? What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be going back to Washington? Or are you going to be.
1: Well, I, I live in Washington, and uh, I want to see. You know, I was on the transition team, so we wrote this great plan for EPA, and right. I'd like to see that implemented somehow. Uh, it's a uh, culmination of all the, you know, my 25, 26 years of working on this stuff. I'd love to see. Science get repaired. You know, EPA has uh, done a horrendous job of destroying the way science is done. Um, you know, there's science and other parts of the government. We sort of touched on this earlier that need to be repaired. Government has, you know, it's it, it, not just EPA has destroyed science, but government has destroyed science because you know government-funded science often has an agenda, and that agenda is just it's not always very good. So. Um, I, you know, I, I I want to I want to fix science. I, you know, I, <laughs> so I, you know I, I've always had sort of a uh, tortured relationship with science. I Me, mean, I studied it in school, but I never really wanted to be a science. And ironically, I wound up you know being a sort of a science critic and science watchdog. And um, okay, since I have spent my time doing this, I want to see it get fixed, mm. get fixed right.
4: Um. There's a lot of people who were talking in the past about these chemtrails. Do you know anything about that?
1: No, no, I. I mean, you you mean the stuff that comes out of jet airliners and military jets?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's contrails, but these contrails, these people think they're chemtrails, where the government is spewing out. um, I don't know what they think it is. Some think it's a, you know. uh, population control, other people yeah no think, they're
1: not smart enough to do anything like that I mean <laughs> you, you've just
4: got to wonder, I don't mean, you, but what's the truth what's the what is the real we've got about seven minutes left What's the real story about the coal industry
1: what do you mean what's the real story is it, it, as, ba- story is, is, is it as bad it is, as
4: what? people say it is? That, what do
1: you mean? Is as well, bad
4: the 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 spewing of the black no the smoke not, that, no.
1: As a matter of fact, look the way coal is burned in a modern coal plant, mm-hmm. uh, it it it's extremely clean. I mean, there's nobody nobody is harmed by that. Um, in China, if you look at you know, their cities are filthy, their air is filthy. Mm-hmm. Well, part of that problem is their transportation and their you know lack of controls on their industry. Um, But I think the largest problem in China is, is because it happens during the winter, is that the Chinese are basically poor. Not everybody has electricity or natural gas hookups. So how do they heat and cook? Well, they kind of heat like, uh, I don't know if you use an example like, um, if you remember, I Love Lucy. You know, the building that the Ricardos lived in had a furnace. Yes. They shoved coal into the furnace. And this is a very inefficient way to burn coal. And there's no scrubber on top of the smokestack, and so the soot just goes out the top. Um, This was, you know, London's problem for, you know, during the 19th and early 20th century, and this is Beijing's problem now, all Chinese cities, because Mm -hmm. all these people use these little coal briquettes to heat and to cook, and they especially do this in the winter when they need the heat, and so the air gets filthy. Um, the coal, it's, not the, it's not the problem with the coal plants. If they had more coal plants if more people were hooked up to electricity from coal plants, their air would be a lot cleaner. Now, that's that problem. Why, you know, the coal industry in the United States, these people are just, they're managed by fools. Um, you know, I worked in the coal industry for a number of years, tried to get them interested in this pm I said, listen, this PM2.5 EPA is going to use this to destroy you. Sure enough, the Obama administration did that, just that. Ninety um, percent of the market value of the coal industry went out, up up in smoke, <laughs> no pun intended, because of PM two point five. But right. and the whole time, yeah. those guys they just you know they couldn't believe it. What's nice? next?
4: Any more books coming up uh, in the near future?
1: Well, I gotta you know I, I want to see this one. You know I don't I don't I'm not writing the book just so I can say I wrote a book and sell it and make my I, I wrote the book so I have my story. I need to get people educated on this. I need to get these issues changed. The Trump administration represents a unique opportunity for me to make these changes at EPA, to improve the way science is done, to make sure this does not happen again. So that's my focus right now. What are your final But I do fo- have other ideas.
4: I'm sure you do. You sound like a guy who's a go-getter and who finishes what he starts, which is commendable. What are your final thoughts for the members of the XO Nation around the
1: world? Well, I just, you know, everybody cares about the environment, or at least they say they do. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, then if you do, then you really ought to spend some time learning about it. Now, a good way to do that is to read Scare Pollution, I think. Because Scare Pollution, you know, I, um, it's, it's my 25-year journey through crappy science that EPA, fraudulent science EPA has thrust upon the rest of the world. This PM 2.5 stuff. Uh, you're going to be punished with it in Canada if you're not already. The Europeans are being punished with it. The Chinese are being punished with it. Uh, it's used to scare people around the world. Uh, there are genuine you know, um, air pollution problems. We're seeing, we're seeing this now in mm-hmm. like, uh, London and Paris. And you know, ironically, that's actually been caused by global warming hysteria. Uh, you know, the um, uh, Europeans w- wanted to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, so they encouraged diesel engines. Of course, diesel engines spew out more nitrogen oxides, which have, you know, led to the air quality problems in in uh, in Europe's big cities. So let,
4: let me ask you let me ask you this: if if yeah. diesel engines spew out what is it, nitrogen?
1: Nitrogen oxides. Nitrogen oxides. Well, oxide. it spew out a lot of stuff, but nitrogen oxides. Okay. that's one of the things.
4: Is nitrogen oxide dangerous to people?
1: Well, you know, in a high enough concentration, I suppose it can be a throat irritant. Mm. I don't think. You know, uh, no, I don't think air quality really hurts anybody around the world. It's more of an aesthetic issue, even in China, as bad as the Chinese air is. It's really just an aesthetic issue. There's no, you know, cue at the hospital of people that have respiratory problems. It doesn't cause asthma. That's all mm-hmm. nonsense. Um, but it does, you know, make the air look bad and uh, makes things grimy and people don't like it. It's an aesthetic problem. It's a serious aesthetic problem. Um, but you know, no one's health is at risk.
4: Why doesn't the scientific community just get on yeah. board with what people want and find well, because, alternative fuel methods? Oh, yeah, you know, you know, like I, what? well, let, how like about hydro, how about hydrogen or helium well, it's very three? It's
1: expensive and it's dangerous, right? I mean, I mean, there, there are reasons these things don't catch on. They're expensive, mm-hmm. they're impractical, and they can be dangerous.
4: But it, could you know, it also be possible? Want, could it also be possible that the people who are in the uh, coal industry, as well as yeah. in the fossil fuel industry, really don't want to lose the money that they're making hand over fist from well, people? Well, of course
1: they, yeah. of course they don't. And why should they? I mean, fossil fuels are. I mean, I view them as a gift from God. I mean, they're trillions of dollars underground. Mm. Look at Alberta. Right, they're sitting on $45 trillion. Not, worth nemo- of not anymore, there.
4: not anymore, they sold it to the Chinese. Well, okay, so
1: it's only $20 trillion now. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know, if the yeah. price goes back up, it's worth... I mean, they're sitting on a lot of money. Why would you just let it sit there? I mean, you you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about capitalism is we create wealth out of nothing.
4: Uh, there's another saying that uh, bullshit baffles brains. <coughs> We've got to <laughs> say so long for now. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh Thanks, Steve. Rob, continued success. Exonation if you'd like to find out more about Steve, his website is junkscience.com and he is the author of Pollution: Why and How to Fix the EPA. I disagree with him about the coal industry. I for one am one for alternative energy. The rich get richer and the poor get sicker. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.